It's Monday night, January's nearly over, but it's time for The Pod Notes. Hello everyone, how are you doing? And in the room today we've got Duffman. Seeing as how I've been called a Tory, uh, I'm not going to call myself Cuggy tonight, but it's going to be Mr. Paul. Oh, Lord, you, Lord Paul. I thought you were going to go for Tugsy then. <laughs> <laughs> and of course you've got Flynn. And also in the room we've got DJ Jimmy Allen. Jimmy! Salmon. Thank you for having me. Appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, straight into things, Jimmy, then. Uh, but do you want to tell us a little about who you are and what you do? Yeah, where would you come yeah. from? What, what's your background? Little origin story. Oh, uh, yeah. Right. It's quite quite a messy one, so I'll start from the after. Uh, DJ producer, um, coming up to 17, 18 years now. Yeah, kind of fell in love with the club scene from a very young age. Kind of seeing me mates DJing and parties and all that. So I kind of was... The one always in the background going, oh, what are they doing? What are they doing? And then eventually they let me have a go. And that was like 18 years ago. You fell in love with it. I fell in love with it, And how old are you now? 34 on Friday. So you've been giving it the bifters for quite a while. I I think I had my first actual gig in a club when I was 17. In like, do you remember... Not the cabin, but a place called the Cabin Club that was on the Berry, cabin. Yeah, yes. on Berry Street. Yeah, yeah. no so, one admits to going in there, oh, but mate, everyone's so been. This is yeah. what makes it amazing. So my best mate's uncle, he like owned it, and it was like proper run down. Like no one was going in it, and we were like, "Oh, do you reckon we could do a little party in here?" And they were like, "Well, we could do with the dough, you know." So we did our 18th birthday in there none of us were 18 and yeah we rammed it out and then they made a few quid and then literally two weeks later they closed it down no way (laughs) but yeah that was my first gig so that was yeah 17 and where did it go from there so you did you did your first gig but how did you build on that did you carry on i would do like parties and then i did a few dodgy ones like playing in like a bingo or in the back of a boozer really disappointed that when you said dodgy ones I thought like abandoned warehouse uh, no, oh no 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 that <laughs> didn't come for a few years no. prostitutes everywhere not the bingo yeah. hall no I, I didn't I didn't properly start getting in club gigs probably till maybe like 19, 20 because like when I was starting around it was a lot different because the DJs who were about they, it was like their little thing so it wasn't that they didn't want to bring other people in it's just you had to have something different to get in and yeah. show them that you were keen and that you were interested in the music and the culture and what it was all about. You couldn't just be some lad who's like, oh yeah, I've got some shoes there, can I dive on? You know what I mean? You had to kind of be there, like show support, kind of get involved and kind of show them that you were not just any Tom, Dick and Harry, you just wanted to play some tunes. And yeah. luckily got taken under the wing by some, some real good DJs who have kind of made me the person I am today. So before you became a known DJ across yeah. the city, would you say you had any wobbles? maybe like what was the hardest part so like for me because i was a chef when i started properly djing as well so like we all know that the chef and industry is a very difficult one and like kind of trying to balance in the both between each other so late nights anyway long hours the ale the blah 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 it all catches up to you and i kind of had to make the decision to myself and to everyone else, what am I going to do? Am I going to try and be a chef or am I going to try and be a DJ? Yeah. And I think it was 2000 and 2015, 2016 when I went, 
I can't fucking be asked working in kitchens anymore. And literally, I just went, that's it, and just walked out. And I've never been in the kitchen since. I have just this vision of there of like you being a you being a DJ and cooking hot dogs while the tracks on, and then like Mate, throwing the all the hot dogs at the, the groupies on people, the front row. The amount of people who've gone, lad, this is like it could be your little thing, you know? Yeah. They were hot dogs and DJing at the yeah. same time. Yeah, not glow sticks, hot dogs. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Smashing all plates at the breakdown. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yes. Right, no one's washing anything. It's all getting smashed. Yeah, <laughs> so, obviously, I know house music's your thing. Was it always house music? Nah, so um, I grew up from a very musical family. So, mum and dad were regulars at Eric's in Matthew Street. I both grew up on punks, like Sex Pistols, The Stranglers, The Clash, The Ramones. Like, that's kind of the stuff that I Proper actually... music. Yeah, 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 exactly. Well, and your uncle was in a band? And my, yeah, my uncle was in a band called Death School, which were massive in the 70s i can vouch for uh, deaf school they're absolutely superb so yeah me, me uncle was the singer name and my dad was the drummer of big in japan so wow, was he yeah so yeah it was like if, from when i can remember music was in the house or getting so played so it's in your dna really yes so basically they big in japan something big in your pants it became then, like the, <laughs> the absolute dna basically of the whole liverpool punk scene and what happened after that I'm blown away by that. Yeah. So, yeah, that was uh, the kind of the thing. So, we, my, kind of my mum and my dad both really massively wanted me to be involved in music in some way, whether it was just listening or playing an instrument or whatever. And my dad wanted me to kind of get into drumming. So, I, I had a crack at it. I'm not going to lie. I was shite. <laughs> so, I was just like, I don't know if I'm going to get this. And then, next thing, just go to this party. It was only about 15 or 16. And uh, it's getting to like one in the morning. And then there's another little room, and everyone's in there, like going in there. And so the music getting louder and louder. And so, I would like wear myself into this room. And then, next thing, some lad, and he's just playing on these two turntables and a little mixer in the middle. And I'm like, like, what are you getting up to there? I'd never seen anything like that or seen somebody play records in that manner. So I could have just stood there for like an hour and a half, just chonging reefers, just watching them play. And then that was it. Then I was like, I want to do what he's doing. And then, yeah, got myself some decks. I, don't, I, don't, I can't even remember how I got the money to get them, but I got it. Yeah. By walk or by crook. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, yeah, yeah got some, some decks and then didn't leave me room for about nine months. Uh, honing your skills yeah yeah so is there a particular moment like a performance you've done at a festival at a club that really sticks out in your mind have you got like your top three or something what gives a breakthrough moment where you thought this is where i know i can do this give us your personal highlight and give us one of your yeah. tougher ones yeah so the, the like the big big gig for me we used to do these warehouse parties called wax in the baltic triangle and this is well before Anyone was doing anything down there. There was one little place called District that they were doing events and they had bands and stuff on, but we were doing our sound system, some lighting, a dodgy bar, and just a load of people dancing to techno and house music. And we decided we were going to do a last-minute New Year's Eve party. And when I say last minute, I meant like maybe two, three weeks in advance. And uh, this warehouse could probably hold like about 1,000 people. And we were like, oh, we'll put the tickets on sale. Hopefully it does well. Last this gig on sale. And then about four days later, me and the lads went, oh, we'll see how the tickets are doing. We'd sold 1,600 wow. in five days. And we'd gone, fuck, what are we going to do here? Then you always think, usually people will drop off, people won't come and blah, blah, blah. And then get to the day of the gig, go all setting up. And then I hear a load of shit outside. I'm like, oh, what's going on here? There's people waiting outside at eight o'clock to get in. And we're not even opening the doors till nine. And I'm like, 
lad, this is going to be mental. This like people are obviously arriving early because they want to try and get in. So gets to half nine and nowhere the alive. We've got fifteen hundred people in this warehouse, like massive sound system. And I hadn't done like a big, big gig in front of that many people before when I was playing solely on my own because I was in a duo for a bit. So it gets to like eleven o'clock when I'm going on and. I played my first tune and like, it's hard to describe. It was just, I knew that second that this is what I'm supposed to do. And did you get that sort of euphoric list? Exactly, that's it. I wasn't off, even, off I wasn't on any, I think I maybe had like a beer because like I used to struggle really bad with nerves and a little bit of anxiety before playing. So I wouldn't even have a bevy. I was just stood in the backstage, just vibrating like, oh my God, like there's 1,500 people out there and I could well fuck it all up. Like. There is something to say about that nervous energy, like whether you're playing a footy match, a final, or you're doing something like doing the comfort a zone thing, or something. Yeah. You get out of your comfort zone and you make that leap. We talk about it all the exactly. time. Exactly. It's a barrier which is amazing in itself, crossing how you feel after doing something like that when you're like, oh, I can't do this or I couldn't do that or... It's like them little steps that you've got to that moment and then, then it's everything. How does it feel when you're there, you've just got your decks and you've basically got that crowd in the palm of your hand and you know that you can take them left, right or right up to the sky? <laughs> For me, it's everything that makes me the best person I am because like... I'm enjoying it just as much as them. Like the money thing, it was never something for me. All I want to do is play music for a living. If I can just get by, I'm happy. But once, as you said, when you've got that, the crowd in the palm of your hand and you can see the joy, you can see people dancing, you can see the connection of people meeting on the dance floor. And it's just something very, very special that once you're in it and you can see it, you can understand why it's such a massive thing. You know? I mean, when I come to sort of adulthood, it was the late 80s, early 90s when that really broke. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And yeah. some of the nights out we had just... <laughs> they're loving the room and exactly. the euphoria. When then people come together like that, it's something else. So exactly. as the leader, that spearhead, and that must be absolutely crazy. Well, like 75%, if not 80% of my closest mates I've met on dance floors. Somebody drops a tune and then you and you turn around to this random kid next to you who's flying off his head and you're like, how'd you get on that then? Next yeah. thing, your best mate. Yeah, you know what I mean? So obviously you've met a lot of your mates on the dance floor, yeah. but what about some famous people? You know, getting up in the dance scene, yeah. you must have met some amazing people. I've got a funny one, actually. I actually did a uh, private party in the Shankly once. I met Tinhead. <laughs> 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 of all people, randomly just came over to me and he was just like, oh, I'd love the tunes. And I was like, how do, how do I know you? And then I just put two and two together. That's not a great one. I've got way. a good one for Jimmy on famous stories. In Croatia last year, Jimmy was walking through oh. the car park in Tisno and Joe Clausell of Body and Soul fame, who a massive DJ on the house music scene, pointed over and went, Jimmy Allen? He's one of my idols. Like, I've been listening to his music for like 15 years and going to watch him ball around the world. And he just looked at me and then, he, and then I double looked him and I was like, why is he looking at me like that? Because I knew who he was and I was like, he definitely doesn't know who I am. Yeah. And then we ended up getting a little photo and that, but... That's just another bonus, like just being able to meet your peers and your idols and it actually just being normal people. Everyone always goes, oh, you shouldn't meet your idols. How, as a DJ, how hard is it to stick to your roots and not start following the current trend in dance music? So obviously every couple of years you get like a new genre of, yeah. or a return of an old genre. And 
how do you decide to stick with what you're doing? For me, I've always had a, a balance of playing new and old music together in every context that I play in, whether I'm doing a disco set, I'll make sure I play some current stuff mixed in with some old like New York 70s stuff. If I'm playing house, I'll play some classic house, but then with some more kind of upbeat, not commercial, but some, sometimes people class commercial with a with a vocal, you know what I mean? Something they can relate to. So, and then if I'm playing techno, I'll play kind of the old uh, the ground Detroit stuff and then mix it with some European stuff. Do you have a sort of style on your sets? You know, where you'll put like filler builder songs up and then you'll hit something that you know is going to, raise the energy of the room and to finish off with the big hitters is there a particular style you do like that so with me i love using effects to manipulate the tracks so with build-ups kind of teasing people with the tracks or acapellas so like an acapella is a a vocal which is just stripped out of a track so it's just the vocal but what you can do is if you've got a track with no vocal on it you can put another this acapella over that Brilliant. and then people are like well how's that over that so, you know, when you do a set, do you have it all planned out or is it completely off the cuff? Sometimes I'll plan it. For some of the biggest gigs I've ever done, I've planned a set and I've not played one song because I'm a very big advocate of your playing to the people in front of you. Reading the room. Reading the room, exactly. And it can be one song and you could be in straight away, but then it sometimes can take a little bit longer because it's taking you longer to read the crowd or whatever. But... I'll always have a little something there in the playlist which I can kind of base me, me set off. I might not always play all of it, but... Have you got a get-out-of-jail tune? Yeah, I've got, I've, got, I've got an actual folder of them. Oh, brilliant. So there's, it, there's kind of ones a different context, you know what I mean? But the Gaggio, so many times, old defected record came out in the early 2000s. It's just like pure euphoria house music and it's all it's glorious form like can I, but is it a bit like stand-up comedy you know if the room's a bit flat can you you find that, that you can raise it with that well that, that that you couldn't have nailed it any better so that's it i like to engage with the audience i like to for them to see that i'm involved just as much as them i'm not standing there with my head down twiddling knobs i like making eye contact so it's like the attention to detail yeah, exactly. reading the room yeah make brilliant. sure that you engage with someone you give them a smile you you look them in the eyes you give them a little wave you interact with them they're there to hear the music i don't kind of look at myself as like Oh, they're all coming to stare at me. They're coming yeah. to Leah to listen to the music. Yeah. So we've got the moment when you when it clicked. Best gig, worst gig. My best gig. So I'm massively into my Detroit stuff, Detroit Deep House and disco and stuff. And yeah, there's um, a festival called Southport Weekender. Been going for like 25, 30 years. When I say every big disco, house, soul, funk, jazz act you can think of I've played there and uh, I was doing some uh, live streams of me playing like kind of Detroit stuff and not a lot of younger lads were playing uh, any of that kind of stuff uh, and then I did a gig with uh, the late Am Fiddler who recently just passed away in Kitchen Street in Liverpool and I warmed up for him and he turned around to me like man I didn't know any of you guys were playing any of my Detroit stuff and him saying that to me I was like wow he enjoyed it about three weeks later, Southport Weekender gave me a call and said, we're holding the festival in Finsbury Park in London. 25,000 people. We want you to be the warm-up act in the Detroit arena. And I was just like, sorry, what? And Love like, like not just like one big act from Detroit, I'm talking six or seven. All these black guys from Detroit who have been playing for 30 years and then just little Scouse White Jimmy. 
I like that. So where's gig then? What was that? Um, where's gig? gig? This. And now there's a dolphin. Where's gig? Right. Uh, well, not necessarily the worst, but what happened in Tisno last year? Oh my God. Oh yeah. So yeah, it was my third year playing at Sunset Beach, which is in Croatia, in the, the garden site. It's a festival on a beach. And you've got to kind of see the videos to kind of understand how bad like this storm was. But like I'm half an hour into my set. There was way more people there than I was thinking because I was playing quite early. But a lot of my friends I've known for 15, 20 years who came to watch me and then other peers, other DJs. I'm just getting into it. And then next thing I'm kind of looking over and I just see this cloud towards him like... Wow, that doesn't look too good. And then everyone starts like kind of looking over at this cloud. It's getting closer and closer. Then it's getting windy. Then you can feel the moisture in the air. And then the wheelie bins start going. And then the wheelie bins start going. And the rain wasn't like coming down. It was like coming on from like a side. Blowing across. Like, yeah, blowing across. In. And like everyone was just stood there, the hands in the air, like just like proper embracing it. And then next thing, it just got too bad that I had to call it. Yeah, wow. And I had to stop playing, but even though he only played for 30 minutes, it was like one of the most beautiful experiences I've ever had. It kept Tom out on the video. Yeah. Was, you've had, yeah. was there, top off, just stood in the middle of it, just like, rain on me. Like, so, uh, sounds like Tom. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, very much, yeah, very much does. But yeah, I was there and it was not your worst gig because you played brilliant, but it was disappointing that you had to stop. Yeah, yeah, but for sure. Like, I've never been in a typhoon dancing before so thanks for that Jimmy yeah it's no my pleasure experience. so as exhilarating as all that is there's a darker side of, of that industry so obviously we want to talk concerning the drug scene yeah you know, your opinions on that your experiences of that over the years yeah. you know is there anything you can tell us about the darker side of clubbing yeah, I'm very open to talking about like kind of this stuff now I'm, I'm sober now I, I don't touch anything at the moment now it's only been 70 days, like, but... Only like, 70? That's uh, massive, man. That's but I, I did my first year, smoked a lot of weed, drank probably too much cocaine, did my first year, and um, it just takes over sometimes, and as dark as it is, sometimes you get into these wormholes, and it's harder to get out than to just pie it off. I know, as DJs, and I know someone who sadly lost a life yeah. who was involved in DJing, yeah. and they've gone down that road yeah. because it was so readily available and pushed upon well, yourself. Well, exactly. Do you know what I mean? It's like, literally, where people were... Pushing things in his mouth and well, no, that's it. I, literally I blowing it up his nose and giving him drinks for free. Well, and this it, is it. This is all. I couldn't get away from it. Well, that's it. You've got to be very strong-willed to not think that's gonna make everything better and just be like, nah, you know what? I'm alright because, as you said, it's just there. People will want to just give you it, or they want you to be off your head. You it's know mad, I mean? isn't it? Because I, I work in a bank, right? I'm not gonna turn up at work off my head because if uh, you do, someone's gonna go, wow, that's wrong. But it, it's kind of like the reverse in your industry, isn't it? Oh, yeah, yeah, 100%. Like, I've done club gigs before when I've been taken into the back office and the club owners have just had, like, trays of gear and all sorts of shit going, oh, take whatever you want, mate. And I'm like, what the fuck? There's it, no getting away from yeah, it, yeah. sort of thing. And then, like, if, for example, if you've done a gig the night before and you've had a late one, you think, oh, well, what do I need to do to make the next gig be all right? Or I'll get bladdered or I'll have a line or, or whatever. I know in the 90s, when it was just ecstasy on the scene the, the, the landscape looked a lot different there was a lot of euphoria and yeah. there was no fighting and people weren't trying to take over the doors and for a few years it was quite placid and, and a lovely atmosphere but obviously then other things you know got into the market and, and, yeah. and made it difficult 
Yeah, I was just going to add on that. I was just going to say, is there any particular drugs, like there's a big fight to get weed legalized mm. and stuff like that? Is there any drugs that actually, I know there's a dark side to them, mm. but like enhance the scene? Like, for instance, weed that might chill everyone out. Would you say that's the case? Do you know what? Like, that's a great question, you know, because I think if you look at other countries, like Amsterdam, the Holland, Portugal, they have complete different regulations towards regards to how drugs are available or can be consumed. And I think weed in general is just always going to be beneficial in some context to certain people. Obviously... Yeah. It kind of depends what you're wanting it for and what you want to get out of it. I think in the music scene over the decades, and we're going back to probably the 20s <clears> and 30s, the cannabis inspired a lot of music making. Well, but when you look back at jazz, uh, yeah, jazz and stuff, it was 60s, uh, 70s, we know, you yeah. know, what, what, it, what it did. I think the fact that it's hybridized, it's moved on and to it in its strengths now. Oh, exactly. That's where it was something that was mild. <laughs> Have they messed around with? Well, with that, it? well, that's it. I used to smoke a lot like when I was younger. There was a, a massive changing point when it was, as you said, it was like well chilled. You know I mean just having a little laugh with the lads, all having a little giggles, bouncing around, skating, playing basketball, football, whatever. And then it just changed into like, oh my God, like everyone's you can't do anything. Yeah, everyone's just like <laughs> staple to the ground, like knocking it. Some of the greatest music that's mm. ever been made and committed to vinyl has all been done under the influence or inspired by the, the use of drugs. Yeah. And that's going mm. back to jazz musicians 100%. in like the 40s and 50s. You then had the counterculture stuff in the 60s yeah. with all like the, the hippies in San Francisco. It's just <laughs> it, everything. I'm not saying it all revolves around yeah. drugs, but there's a it lot has. of like creative outlets yeah well if you look at the beatles they went through stages with each drug and yeah. you can hear it within the music when they did certain albums they literally just sat in a year for like six weeks just yeah, the influence is there and you can hear that within the music right with the sitars and it being very laid back and a lot more chill towards some of the other stuff so yeah it does so you're mentioning there the beatles and i yeah. always look at the actual starting points of the drug phase as it were yeah. you've got revolver and Revolver's like chugging along like typical Beatles and yeah. then it ends with Tomorrow Never Knows, which yeah. is like, if you were a kid in the 60s who had that album on and you've got your, your mop tops and yeah, you know, it's yeah, like, yeah. oh, this new Beatles album's great and that came on at the end, yeah. your mind would have been completely blown. Yeah, 100%. It's like when, when you hear stuff like that, which you've never heard before and you hear it in that context, it, it, it is life-changing because you're hearing something, some of the most organic music that's ever been made. And when you're hearing it for the first time, it's just massively overwhelming as well. So going back to your own experience then, you've gone sober. Is that making a difference with you and your music? What are your steps? Yeah. Like, what are the positives you're taking out from it? Where's the hard work? Where's the easy stuff? What? It's always kind of a, a, a tough one with making music in general because you have your creative lulls and sometimes you're on a high and like... You really want to do it and sometimes you're not feeling what you actually want to make because I love music in all its entirety. I do really want to make house and techno or house and disco because I love like my psych, I love my hip hop, I love my instrumental, I love all music. Sometimes I just want to go in open-minded and go, right, I just want to make something, some sort of music, you know what I mean? And Have you got more clarity now that you're sober? Is yeah, it, is 100%. It... Like... I can't even put it into words how better I am without... Well done, by the way. I appreciate it. Thank you. It's it's one of them as well. It's like, I I do want to preach to people as well, only because how good I feel. But sometimes it's just, you kind of can't... I think 
there's comes a point, particularly as you get older, that you're all right with just being you. Exactly. And like That's music it. can make you high. Exactly. You know what I mean? And I think when you come to terms, you don't have to do that. And I'd like to just move on to a little <laughs> idea that's come out lately, and it's <laughs> this daytime raven yeah i think it's brilliant because you go out at two o'clock in the afternoon exactly put a shift in on the dance floor till six o'clock you could be home watching mm. a movie at yeah, seven o'clock exactly. at night having a cup of tea we just slept on you put a shift in <laughs> listen to some great tunes and you can get up on the sunday morning and do what you want to do when you're not oh, depressed and mm. whatever you know from staying up all your night your sleep pattern's not and your well, sleep exactly. pattern well, is faster for human beings when it's light we should be awake and when it's dark we should be asleep and yeah, that's exactly. how it works yeah, and night time sure. clubbing sort of disrupts that sequence massively, massively. Right. so you'll know that from staying up it must mess with your body clock oh quite mate a lot. like I've come well again since being sober now when I get home from work like I do like six seven six seven hour sets like Thursday Friday Saturday Sunday some people always say to me, you're only, play, you're only DJing for like six, seven hours. That's and it's hard like, work, that. How can you keep a set going and have the capacity to be picking different tunes to play a set for that long? I'm obsessed. I was going like, to say drugs then, but I didn't think it'd be relevant. <laughs> well, well, like, do you know what, to be fair, it's like some, and I know it sounds mad sometimes, and like going back, like going back to like the drug sound and alcohol and stuff like that, sometimes it, it wasn't when I was playing, when I was doing it, it was after or before like I wouldn't necessarily be getting wrecked when I was playing because you needed to be focused I needed to be focused and emerged in like the, the music I've done some gigs around the bend I'm not going to lie multiple people know that and I'm alright with that but like also people have obviously seen me play some of the best sets of my life when I've not even had a, a beer or anything so it's I'm just fueled by the music and I always have been it was just the drugs and the alcohol were just something that were just added on Okay, uh, just before we wrap this up then, is there any upcoming projects or collaborations you're doing that you want to tell us about? I've got a lot, you know, and it's actually just the start of this year alone has just like kind of started off amazingly. Obviously, sobriety is going amazing, feeling amazing with myself. Creativity is just at a high. So I've got a few projects that I'm going to be working with a girl called uh, Katie Alex. Who's, she's done some tracks with Roger Sanchez. So we're going to start working on some stuff together in the studio. Just had an EP signed today to uh, a label called uh, Hustler Tracks, which is like a label I absolutely adore. You've got a track out on Spotify. It's just been a, a massive hit for you, but we yeah. won't give that away. We've saved that for Lost in Music. <laughs> yeah. So it's going to play us out on But Lost we'll music. stick all the socials and stuff. Yeah, on the uh, socials. All your links we'll put, to all your stuff will be... We'll put links. Listeners can find you on all and, the links. And I have invited you to collaborate with me on Operation Crown Bin as well. Which, I'm, I'm in. Which I'm I'll in. divulge over well, the if you coming go, weeks. If you have a look on any any of my playlists I've made on Spotify, you'll see that like Crown Bin or like, there's something regards to them in all my kind of music music taste because that's my vibe like because they're, they're, they're getting the, the doors getting severely knocked on hard over, over this summer yeah well, getting me, me and backstage. you'll be backstage yeah, mate. and I've got to get backstage <laughs> in last year for that yeah. but like then Jimmy so that was brilliant mate brilliant mate um, I appreciate this fantastic. thank you for having me man honestly thanks one Jimmy and it's lost in music Right then, Jimmy, as per usual, the guest goes first. What is your track? And is there a particular reason that you chose it? Or did you just like it? Um, do you know what? It's it's one of them where every time I hear it, 
there's just something about it which just blows my mind and like I can listen to it sometimes one, not once not twice like three times in a row because it's just a beautiful record and it just blows my mind when I hear it so like yeah have a see what you think that's right right Beautiful. Nice start. Beautiful. I can't beat a mellow groove. Oh, mate. So, tough man, what's your track? Well, before I give my track, I would like to say rest in peace, Marlene Shaw, who sadly passed away last week, a soul legend. California soul. Yeah, beautiful. But sticking with the funk, I've gone for Cool and the Gang, Hollywood swinging. Delta. Rapper used that sample was a cuter. It was Mace. Was it Mace? Oh, it was yeah, Mace, it was Mace, wasn't it? Was, yeah. But no, I shouldn't say Mace because probably Puff Daddy owns the rights to Mace his whole life. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Come and get us if you yeah. fancy mixing up in Liverpool. Yeah. yeah. Diddy. Yeah, yeah, he came to Greenfield. <laughs> came to Greenfield once, wasn't seen again, was yeah. he? Yeah. yeah. So, yeah Bounce you back from Lion Station. <laughs> yeah. Cooks. Yeah, so, my tune this week can only describe it as what I call. One of those songs where it's got everything but the kitchen sink thrown in. It's a modern day classic for me. It's got this wall of sound, full spectrum so type take production. That on again, it. is it? No, 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 no. <laughs> it's five. Yeah. So I'm going to go with Macau Mountain Butler oh. and Yes. That's a forgotten gem from the 90s, that, isn't it? Superb. Was he in Suede, that Bernard Butler, wasn't he? he? Yeah, yeah. Flynn? My Lost in Music sax from one of my favourite bands, and if anyone had the opportunity to go and see them, it must have been amazing, and it still would. Mine is Little Lies by Fleetwood Mac. Brilliant. But I couldn't find a way So I'll settle Sweet 
I was talking to Gugsy for the week and I was thinking about going for like a hard rock one. And then I thought, what am I doing? We've got a dance DJ on. <laughs> what? And I'm going to call you out as a gang of pussies right now, right? Because I should have gone for the dance music. And I've gone for, I've got my long hair, my ponytails, grew back. And we're going for no good, open brackets, start the dance, close brackets by the prodigy. <laughs> Always seems to come on at a wedding for some reason, doesn't it? <laughs> what a record, though. Yeah. No one's ever watched the video to that. That's just the 90s. Yeah. That video is yeah, iconic yeah. for the rave scene. Where, where they're in the basement. Yeah, yeah. in the basement of yeah. that club. We've all been to one of them parties where you're in that basement and there's just people dancing everywhere. Yeah, for sure. Mega. Actually, now after you said that, it was like, oh, you've got like, I'm on the DJ and I've picked a, a, probably the most unobvious tune that you could have picked out of every tune. Like. Everyone does it. Everyone yeah. does it because you just go with your heart, don't you? Well, okay. exactly. That was it. Yeah. Okay, then. If we were to all have chosen like dance tunes, what would you have picked? Uh, mine would have been by Kenny Chandler, and it's called Rain. Oh, yeah, okay. tune. Add it then, if we're saying it, you yeah. can add it. Frankie Knuckles' Tears. Higher State of Consciousness by Josh Wink. You got one, young Link. I thought you were on the spot. But uh, yeah, we're going to play out. The last tune we're going to play is your own tune. Yeah, it is. Yeah. That is on Spotify and it's yeah. been a massive hit. And what is it? It's called I'll Push You Pull and it's by myself, Jimmy Allen. Now, I was in a bit of a, a conundrum here because I thought, well, you own the rights. Can I play the whole track? And I thought, <laughs> well, it might be a bit. You know, like perfect to do that, but like get rid of a few customers. I think say. He, he, so he said just, it's not a problem, he's got something for you to yeah. sign. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So, anyway, we've got to play a sample of that now. <laughs> Still weird to actually listen to it. All these songs, so all these songs will be added to the Pod Notes Journey Through Sound playlist, which is then in the links in the description. So if anyone wants to join a club, get in touch with us. We'll talk about the socials later and how Sweet. you do that. And Right, so Jimmy, obviously people have heard you on the podcast, but say they want to come and see you, they want to hear it with their own ears, where can they catch you? Is there mixes online? Can they come and see you live? Where can they get hold of you? So uh, I've got lots of music on uh, Spotify under my DJ name, Jimmy Allen. I've got yeah. some EPs, some tracks on there. Uh, I've got lots of my radio shows that I do for Zvar Radio or Melodic Distraction, which are on Mixcloud. Got some stuff on SoundCloud as well, which can all be found through 
Jimmy Allen. There is actually a South African guy as well called Jimmy Allen yeah, as well. Yeah, it's I-E. Yeah, I-E, uh, yeah, yeah. So don't get it twisted. Y, yeah. yeah, yeah. So it's J-I-M-M-Y. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the one. And then I also hold a few residencies in Liverpool. So I play in a place called Barbadega, which I've been there for just over five years now. And that's in the basement of Finca Revisa, isn't that's, it? That's the one, yeah. yeah so I play time. there every Friday, Saturday. And then uh, we host an event on uh, a Sunday called Flow which is uh, all about bringing homegrown talent in, mainly based around the Northwest. So like DJs who might kind of struggle with wanting to get out there or they might have a bit of anxiety about making new friends and stuff like that. So we kind of do it as like a little bit of a social gathering where come and, like-minded people come and play, meet some tunes, meet some new people, yeah. so have a like little a gab. Like for DJs? Yeah, basically, yeah. yeah. And you don't have to come down and have a drink. You can just come down, have a little gab, you know me, and talk about music, or you can have a dance, or you can do whatever. It's just a little hub for people to come and have a little jam on a Sunday. That's mega, that. Love that. Yeah. I'm going to suggest, should we have a, a pod notes? Day night out and we'll go and see, go yeah. see Jimmy. Yeah, sounds good. I think uh, that's a verbal contract, that lad's yeah. like. <laughs> <laughs> and then obviously you've got social, you've got social media accounts, yeah. so we will put them up in the descriptions. Yeah. But yeah, you can find you on Instagram and Facebook. Yeah, yeah all all the all the works. So I've I'm kind of still like thinking like I'm gonna have to eventually do this whole TikTok thing, which like. I kind of see the pros, uh, but there's also kind of a lot of cons with the whole thing because I, I kind of, I like social media, but I kind of, having Facebook and Instagram alone is enough for me. So I'm still kind of toying with yeah. the idea I'm of exactly TikTok. exactly the but... same with this podcast. It's like, they're heavy enough without yeah. having another one. Uh, yeah, exactly. I think TikTok looks just a bit more demanding because it demands constant content Yeah, all the time. exactly. Like I know people who like, who, that that's their job now is TikTok. And I'm just like, it's just beyond me. Like they, they're on it seven, eight, eight, nine hours a day, just grafting content out. And I'm just like, that's what you want to do, mate. Then fill your boots, but uh, there's yeah. a world out there. Yeah, 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 yeah exactly. Yeah. Nice Go for a walk. Yeah. yeah. That was lost in music. Delta. Specials and that now. Are we going to swing through trees? When nature calls. So I was going to talk about today the rise and popularity of nature walking, and with what you were talking about about the yeah. drug scene, Jimmy. A lot of people are turned away from that now and have turned to nature and. Some people are getting sort of ridiculed for it on social media. I've noticed, yeah. like, oh, look, you know, yeah. ex-cokehead, climbing up mountains and getting out into the woods and all this. But, like, I think we should be celebrating And embracing it. Yeah, and yeah, embracing it. I want to know what everyone's thoughts are. Do you go out into nature and do some walking? I encourage it. And a little talk about, like, what you do in your own life to get away from that digital network, switch off go out maybe listen to some music while you're walking out in the woods do you go on any trails do you have any yeah. hiking so has anyone got anything yeah i don't go on on massive walks i don't go into forests and lose myself for hours on end but for me sometimes like i do i can have like struggles with mental health where i just get into these really dark like periods um, and i can think of nothing better than just throwing my shoes on putting the lead on the dog headphones in and just going for a walk 100%. and just 
you just get away from everything. And to me, it's such a fantastic thing. Mm. And it sounds a bit deep, but, mm. you know, at the end of the walk, you find yourself, you've sort mm. of got an equilibrium. Mm. Everything's forgotten about. Reset, start again, bang, it's done. Yeah, I couldn't agree anymore, to be honest. I've always enjoyed just walking anyway. It's just my kind of little bit of time to listen to me music and just kind of, as you said, like escape the digital kind of scrolling and all that kind of stuff. And there's nothing more that, that kind of gets your mind cleared than just being with a few of your closest mates, just having a, a lovely little walk and a little gab and catching up. And yeah, yesterday went down to, is it like nesting up by Parkgate and we just walked all the way down the front and it was just like you could just see whales and yeah, it was just dead peaceful and just dead nice. There's something about that digital detox, isn't it? That's just mm. great. I think it's just always important to go on them walks though, because even if you think back when you were a kid, well, I still am, or I used mm. to go and like piss about with your mate, just go on a walk. I mean, I went to Ingleton Falls with me mum and dad in the summer and it was an amazing walk. So I think it's just important to get out there and just have an, an amazing experience in nature. Because as Cugsy said before, that when you walk out in nature, you'll find yourself. Yeah, going back to what Cugsy said, is I was never into walking and I lived on the Isle of Man for four years. and It's a stunning, beautiful landscape. I didn't leave the house because it was too windy and cold and just thought, oh, it's, I didn't see it. I was too young, I was too stupid to see it. But then, fast forward a few years and we got the dog. Yeah. And I had to go out. Yeah. Obviously, the wellness thing kicks off. Lockdown happens. and Lisa's more spiritual than I am and I'm more locked into these things. And she starts talking meditation and Isaac's yeah. into it and all that. And then I clocked it. It's like, I do meditate. I meditate twice a day when I'm walking the dogs. Yeah. Do you know what, what I mean? Walking your yeah. dog yeah. is a massive form but of meditation. Because of having the dogs, like, oh, don't just walk around the block. Let's take them somewhere. Yeah. And it gets you out and you appreciate more. And so... Away from me, I'm onto more society. People can take the mick all that they want. Mm. But if more people are out enjoying Mulvama and Snowden and seeing how beautiful it is, they care more for that environment. Well, they learn to care more about the planet and it, more about what they're doing. Exactly. I think as well how accessible it is to find these beautiful places and We're see lucky them We're on lucky these high-definition images and videos and stuff like that. It makes you go, I want to see that with my own eyes. Yeah. I want to go and walk that walk myself. And I feel like the, the social media kind of things has kind of helped it in a way where yeah. you can just go, right, I want to do this type of walk and blah, blah, blah. And you can find it in no time. It's like a classic example of like images inspire. Yeah, yeah, So exactly. if you don't see that image, you could just be like plodding along in your life. And then the next thing you see that image and you aspire to, I want to do that. Exactly. And that's, that's my thing. There's a whole big wide world out there for you to go and see and it's only probably available because of seeing these images and it's just it just inspires you to do it exactly. i follow this page on instagram and it's called hidden gems it's in the uk and it's the other day something caught me eye so justine loves going on these hikes and walks and that so i said to him take it on sunday i'm not going to tell you where so we went up by books and it was called cheedale stepping stones Wow, it was amazing. It was quite a technical walk. It was yeah. quite difficult. It was muddy at times. We had walking boots on and stuff. And you go across these big giant blocks that they put through their stream. There used to be a quarry there and limestone kilns. And it's an old railway track that drops down to, yeah, yeah. to waterfalls and everything. It was brilliant. It was like an hour 20 drive to there. Amazing. Absolutely amazing. Spent the day there. Can I just say to everybody who's thinking about getting out there, though, 
pay to park when you get there, will you? Because the money goes to upkeep the trails and goes to upkeep the cattle gates and to upkeep the forestry. The amount of times you'll go to somewhere like Mulvama, car park's empty and people are down the lane because they don't want to pay the two quid. Yeah. You know, and it's like... But you'll pay pay a fiver for a Starbucks Starbucks on the way home. Yeah, but like the erosion that all them people cause, it will damage that environment. You need to help the upkeep with this stuff. Yeah, for 100%. Yeah, I don't want to dampen the mood, but when we're talking about nature walks and that, a lot of people can go like deep into nature and they're not prepared. Yeah. So when people go, if you're deciding to go on a walk, all I'd say is just be careful because nature, mm-hmm. as as beautiful as it is, it's an unstoppable force. So, so what you're trying to say is jeans and Air Max 97s well, are not right for clothes. <laughs> no, no, no. Are you some, sure? I bought some decent sauna walking boots and like the grip on them was fabulous. I was on some slippy rocks and there was some bad falls you could have felt and done some damage. And I seen girls in leggings and white New Balance trainees and listen, some of the mud was like ankle deep in that. And I'm like, what are you doing? Yeah, they're going straight in the bin. I can't carry your carcass across this. (laughs) (laughs) I just don't carry myself. But no, seriously though, you're right though, Flint, because Mountain Rescue is all voluntary. So they're putting their lives at risk because you've decided to wear your Uggs up Snowden. <laughs> you know, it's and but, but did you joke, but it's true and it happens, legit, you know, mate. it's man. Tagline, don't fuck with nature. Yeah. Not only right. that, not Before, only man. that though. Do you know what happened when we were there as well? There was absolutely zero mobile phone signal whatsoever. Belter. Until like an hour out of it. So just if you were gonna call, contact someone, who would you call? I think just pick up your litter, keep your dog on a lead, pay to park, respect the environment, just be sound. Enjoy it. Yeah, because what you don't want is the people who live in these places not wanting you there. Yeah. Brilliant. So we're going to move on to the socials now and you can find us on... Pod notes on Instagram, P O D N A U T S, and the same on Facebook. And we've also got an email address now oh, as well. Are you joking? <laughs> yeah, wow. the pod notes yeah. at gmail.com. But, so, but bailiffs can't can't yeah. use that. No, no, bailiffs can't use that. So if you want to pop us an email, feel free. So give us a follow, like and share any content you see. We're doing some reels, been messing around with a few adverts here and there at the moment. So Pass on, pass on our stuff. Yeah, if you spread can, the word, everyone. Yeah, brilliant. And uh, we're going to move on to shout outs now. Yeah, shout out to Jimmy Allen. Jimmy fucking yeah, Allen. For amazing, amazing. 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 Yes. Do you know what? I was a little bit nervous as well coming up because I've not done anything like this before, but I've absolutely properly buzzed off it. Like, he's at all like a belter as well, so I appreciate his absolutely. Yeah, no, yeah. Thank oh, you. Mate, no, thank you. Thank you. Yeah, brilliant. The usual suspects, Crypto, Kev, Paul, Cole, you know, Jay Ryan, the 42 podcast lads, every, yeah. everyone who's listening, you know, um, and thanks for all your support. We really appreciate the, the support. We love the feedback. It's brilliant. So thanks. Yeah, so feedback has been huge this week. I shout out to quite long tonight. Jimmy, anyone you'd like to shout out? Do you know what? I'm going to, that's not a cheesy one, but I want to give a little shout out to my family, my mum, my dad and my sister, my, my uncle and my auntie and stuff like that for a proper been my backbone the last like 70 days through like my whole new journey and they've really like, given me a lot of support and yeah, I don't know where I'd be without it's, them. So big shout out to them. It's great being in that place of gratitude. Well done, yeah, mate. Well done. Like I, the, 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 I love them so much. So yeah, big shout nice. out to you guys. Yeah, beautiful, well beautiful. Yeah. Just want to shout out to all the listeners, all the 
listeners that are new or listeners that have been here to the start we've got now a massive backlog of podcasts for everyone to listen to so if you're new just go back and listen to them and we appreciate all the support yeah fantastic my shout outs to everybody in the room it makes monday night the best night of the week i love doing this i love listening to the guests and the different stories that they tell and long may it continue nice i'd like to say quite a new lot of facebook followers this week so thanks for following us i'm gonna carve out some names and i'll throw you on the next week one because we've got a big list this week so we've got kev jones property developer i know from liverpool shout out kev. It, absolutely loving it he listens to all the shows while he's running so get get a sprint on lad yeah come on kev. <laughs> faster yes, lad. faster like behind there yeah uh, anthony baxter big 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 promoter of the show for us deno as well he's been no way yeah deno's uh, listening from nottingham jagger as well james Hunter yeah in, in, <laughs> in the episode he's in jersey, he's in jersey. Yeah. sorry yeah uh, what the fuck wendy started following us from america oh i have a little bit of a chat with her on instagram she's a great girl's got her own podcast so check out wtf wendy on the uh, spotify as well okay megan kid from the quiz chris with the quiz as yes, well chris leon darnell and ray from anfield who had quite a candid talk with today nice one so it's been an amazing Monday night and that was the Pod North. Thank you. Thank you.